Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. We also talk about fun things to do, and having it be the holidays, I bet you all are looking at what are some fun restaurants to go to, and how are you going to spend your holidays? Well, I've got a wonderful person here to talk to us about things that are happening in the restaurant area. Um, In fact, it's Nancy Weingartner Monroe. She is the editor of Food Service News, and she's going to be talking to us about all kinds of exciting foodie things for not only the holidays, but for some recognition coming up on in February. February 9th is the Charlies. The Charlies are kind of like our Academy Awards for the food industry. But before we get to that, I'd love to have Nancy share with you about this wonderful um, newspaper that she does, the Food Service News, that's mostly geared to the restaurant industry for industry professionals. But it's great when we get to take a sneak peek because there's great articles for us foodie folks. So, Nancy, welcome. So glad you're here. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, Nancy, tell our audience more about the Food Service News. Well, it's a B2B publication, and normally when anybody says that, everybody assumes that it's going to be really boring. It's yeah. going to be um, <laughs> talking about promotions, and we do do a little bit of that. But we we also talk about the personalities, and in the food business, there's lots of personalities. So we're a combination of letting the industry know what's going on, who's opening, who's closing, who's got great ideas. Um, it's a, a business of pennies, so any kind of tips to earn more money really helps. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a little bit of everything. We've got a new publisher, so we're focusing a little bit more on the vendor community and what uh, they have to offer. But we also always want to include a lot of fun personalities. Like my favorite is always Industry Inc., mm-hmm. which is where we talk to somebody with lots of tattoos. And I used to think that was kind of uh, rude to go up and talk to somebody about it. But I'm finding that it's really kind of a, a proud moment of this history that they have itched on their bodies. So it's definitely storytelling. That. And, and really you discover is. really interesting things in, in the ways that you share about the tattoos that they wear. Yeah. You know, and I came from, you know, the period when you couldn't really have tattoos if you were working at a restaurant. It was sort of looked down upon. And now it's sort of like an extra um, an extra kind of fun little interesting set of things to talk about and culture and stories and all that good stuff. I almost, I, the person that I talked to for the January issue, it's almost like her journal. Mm. And I like that fact that they kind of record their thoughts and their history. And when they look at a particular tattoo, it reminds them of where they were in that place in their life. So that is always kind of fun. A journaling of sorts. Right. That's wonderful. So... In this first segment, and I think we'll probably run into the second segment as well, I'd love for us to talk about the Charlies. The Charlies have been going on for at least 20 years, haven't they? No, they've been going on 10 years. 10 years, okay. And Sue Zellickson and Scott Mayer started it, and it actually were our ninth... event, but it's the 10th year. So what happened is when Food Service News bought it, we couldn't do it in November when it normally was um, being held because we have our big restaurant finance conference then. So we bumped it up into the new year. So that's why 10 years, nine events. And with it being in February, it kind of kicks off the year that way. 
It does, and I just understand that we actually have it on the same night as the actual Academy Awards. Oh. So <laughs> I guess we're going to have our version, and then they can go home and watch uh, the, the uh, movie version of it. So how do people vote for this? We try in a number of ways, because we, we want it to be a peer-to-peer. There's lots of awards out there now, and at the end of the year, I think you're seeing every magazine, mm-hmm. um, the James Beard Foundation, everybody is giving awards. But why we think ours is special is because it's peer-to-peer. So we're through Food Service News and through our social media and any way we can, we're getting people to nominate their peers. We have 12 categories, and they pretty much say the same. We'll kind of add or take away a little bit. Like last year we had the uh, Outstanding Bartender and the Beverage Innovator. And we found they were a little bit too close. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we added a new category, which is um, coffee houses. And last year we tried to do baristas, and we thought that would be such a great category. And all of the nominees were first names only. (laughs) So we thought, okay, maybe you don't know your barista's last name as well. So, So now with coffee houses, we've got three really great candidates there. And we do the lifetime achievement, which is something that we kind of keep close to the vest, and that's just announced that night. And it's got a, a video that goes with it. And we've been able to keep it a secret. Last year was Suze Ellickson, and it's tough to keep anything from her. Yes. So I felt a major achievement to call her up on stage and have her be surprised. And it's very... It, it, it's... Um I was I was going to say fancy, but it, it's really you can wear anything you want. But it has a nice formal feel to it. Being at the Pentages stages, I mean, it, you feel that you're going down the red carpet of, you know, a true ceremony. That but that that also has some fun. It has some music. It has some uh, storytelling. It has you know richness. So tell me about, uh, do you have some plans that you can reveal yet about well, what's going to happen at that night? We do. We're going to mix it up a little bit this year. We've got a different band, and we've got um, different singers. So we're still trying to decide who we want to host it. Um, the trend, I think, is kind of going away to being hostless. So we might look at that trend, too, and just mm-hmm. use um, different people to kind of come in and introduce. We've always got uh, sponsors and past winners who introduce the category so we've got lots of people moving on and off and we've got a really great um, group of teenagers who performed a rap at the Minnesota Opera sorry orchestra and so they're going to come uh, and do that for us too so lots of good plans and it is a chance some people like to dress up and some people like to just come right from work Mm -hmm. and the nice thing about this industry is it doesn't matter what you're wearing exactly and it's a fun mix to have both the um, the uh, fur coats and uh, diamonds, and then also the the tennis shoes. <laughs> now the proceeds are going to be going to Open Arms. I understand. Yes, and they have been the charity since the very beginning, and we've got this great partnership with them. We go and volunteer and help pack meals, and I love their story. And in the beginning, a couple of years ago, we promoted it much more than we do now. But yes, that um, they they do meals for people that are suffering from um, life-threatening illnesses. And it's also for the caregivers. They just do wonderful work. They've got all sorts of different meals for every type of... of, um, of Special needs. Exactly. Yeah. So... Well, they're a good group, and it's a nice way to promote what they do as well as give back. Um, so if folks wanted to come to the Charlies, uh, how much is it? 
It's $30, and tickets can, you can go through our website, which is foodservicenews.net, or you can go to the box office itself, and uh, you can, uh, there's Ticketron as part of it, but you can also um, call our offices or email us, and we will be happy to set aside some tickets and get those to you. Well, I've gone to the page um, that shows the, tw- the 2020 finalists for the Charlie's Awards, so you can get to that by going to Food Services for Food Service News net and then there's a little place that shows the 2020 finalists and I'd love to go through the categories we're not going to get through all of them in this segment but I'm sure by the next segment we'll get through most of them so you've got outstanding service and tell me what are the criteria that you look for when it comes to outstanding service well service is one of the most important things that you can have in a restaurant I mean food is very important but if you don't feel welcome then you're not going to come back and so we want to honor somebody that is doing just a really great job of making guests feel welcome and extending that hospitality it's funny because sometimes it's said it's making you feel like you're you're dining at home and depending on what kind of family you have <laughs> sometimes that might not be the best thing yeah. they make you feel like you belong exactly and i think and they're happy that you're there yeah yeah so the folks that you have um as finalists are the good day cafe and good day is right over on wyzetta boulevard in st louis park area uh the nighthawks diner and bar tell me where that is you know what i should have probably written down exactly where they are that is on east street but i i'm probably not going to be real good with all these things but no worries but uh it it is on east street in minneapolis and it's a really fun restaurant and what i thought was really unique about the way they approach this is that they sent us the bio and the picture of one of their servers who um i actually had known him from uh when I used to go to um, a bar kind of in, in our neighborhood. And so it was kind of fun to see him. And they, and he told his personal story of how he approaches hospitality. So that was really, really fun to, to see how they approached it. What, can you share a little bit about what, what was meaningful for him in hospitality? I'm going to let you get the January issue. Oh, okay. You're going to tease me with yes, it. Tease me. see his story. I will. But I, will. But, but I will at least because it has been announced. Um, at least let folks know what other restaurants have been nominated. The last restaurant under Outstanding Service is the Tria Restaurant and Bar. And it is out kind of in the Woodbury area. And it's part of Morrissey Hospitality. And it is a a really great res- restaurant. I haven't been there lately, but I know before when I went there, I was always impressed with the service and the hospitality. And again, I think it is that welcoming uh, welcoming, welcoming personality that you want to have the servers everybody happy to work there which is another reason if your servers are happy that usually means that management is is being good to them in our next segment we'll talk a little bit more about the outstanding restaurant tour and in this one it says that not all the magic happens in the kitchen Uh, this is for the category for the owner of the restaurant with at least five years in the industry who excels at running a restaurant uh, keeping it profitable as well as relevant, and who is an influencer in the community. You've really packed it in there for that. That's a high (laughs) bar for all the things that you expect. 
Well, and there's a lot of, of people who qualify for this because we take a really large list from nominations and we narrow it down. We have the the former winners and nominees come and vote again. And then we open it up again a, a third time this time because we're trying to be as transparent as we can about this. So it's really tough to narrow it down. And we have, I think, three really great um, so you're going to have to stay tuned and listen in our next segment for what restaurants are being um, nominated for that. So thanks for listening to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You can check all this out on foodservicenews.net and then come back and hear all the great folks that are being nominated for the Charlie. Do you love those BBC classics on public television, or do they make you yawn? Either way, Park Square Theater's knockout production of Pride and Prejudice is for you. Filled with heart and affection for the original, the saucy, spunky adaptation is Jane Austen for today. On stage now through December 22nd, come celebrate the holidays with Park Square Theater. Pride and Prejudice is a witty and joyful comedy for everyone. In Regency England, love is a serious game, and the Bennett sisters are playing for keeps. Outspoken Lizzie is determined to marry. But can she resist love, especially when amusing but mildly aggravating Mr. Darcy keeps popping up at every turn? Comedy ensues with lightning-fast costume changes, switch gender roles, and a cast of characters you're bound to recognize from your own life. Warning, this production contains witty banter, teenage giddiness, classic rock, dance breaks, and true love. Pride and Prejudice is on stage at Park Square Theater now through December 22nd. Tickets available at parksquaretheater.org or 651 651- Two nine one seven zero zero five. This is Chad, owner of AM 950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Promoting happiness through health and helping out. That's Cocoa Bee and Nut Grain-Free Granola. Cocoa Bee and Nut is a locally made, gluten-free, grain-free granola that anyone can incorporate into their day, be it breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a snack. Our hearty blend of nuts and seeds mixed with honey, coconut oil, and healthy spices will make your taste buds tap dance and your heart will be happy knowing you've helped someone out. Yes, Cocoa Bee and Nut donates 10% of all sales to charity. For more information or to buy, visit CocoaBeeAndNut.com. 
Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And today I have Nancy Weingartner Monroe, who is a guest from Food Service News. She is the editor. She has been with Food Service News and the company for over 20 years and knows about foodie stuff in the Twin Cities. And what better time to be talking about foodie stuff than around the holidays? But we also have something exciting to share with you if you weren't with us in our first segment about a wonderful award uh, ceremony that will be celebrated in February. February 9th will be the Charlie's Award. Uh, and we are talking about all the great folks that are being nominated and considered for the Charlie's Awards. So welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was looking down at my, my copy and <laughs> completely missed that cue. No, 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 no. All is good. All is good. So in our last segment, we were talking about uh, the outstanding service. And we had mentioned the Good Day Cafe, Nighthawks Diner and Bar, Tria Restaurant and Bar. Now we're on to the outstanding restaurant tour. This is the person uh, or the owner that... Um, has at least five years experience, runs experience, runs the restaurant, keeps it profitable, and who gives back to the community. And the three that have listed here is Stephanie Schimp and David Burley of the Blue Plate Restaurant Company. We have Lake Durham and David Benowitz of Craft and Crew Hospitality, and Patty Soskin of Yum Kitchen and Bakery. And I love all of those. And, oh, good. and um, the Blue Plate Restaurant Company, I've just loved seeing grow over the years and then seeing it um, take place at the Minnesota Fair and their Blue Barn there. And they're just a really good group of people. That's when you know you've made it, right? Yeah. When you When you actually go to the fair and have a booth there. So. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I think uh, David has worked a lot with the Minnesota Restaurant Association. And they're just a great uh combination of skill sets that they mm -hmm. bring um, to the to the table with that and um, and the restaurants are very varied and yet there's kind of a, a theme when you go in one you kind of realize that that's where you are so they are very impressive they and also do a nice job with service I've, I've yes. never had a bad experience they they also make you feel like you belong you belong there and that they're just delighted to have you and I think with the restaurateur it it ties in everything. Mm -hmm. I think so much of restaurants that we don't really think about is the business side of it. Mm -hmm. It's a tough business, and there's so many now in the Twin Cities that makes it even tougher. And then you've got chains, and so we're focusing more on the independence here. But it's very important to know what you're doing in a restaurant. It's mm -hmm. not just going in and cooking good food, and, and uh, it, it's, it's a lot of, of getting the right contracts, the right uh, location, um, social the right menu, media, yes, yeah. all of that. Hiring good people. They started at the Highland Grill, didn't they? In, yes, that was the first Highland. one. Mm -hmm. And then they did it at Dinah. And now they've got all kinds of different types of uh, restaurants. But as you say, there's a similarity. So I, I highly recommend. Uh, so the next uh, restaurant tour is the Luke Durheim and David Benowitz of Craft and Crew Hospitality. Tell us about them. They are also a young, kind of vibrant uh, combination. And David's uh, works. He started out not wanting to be in the restaurant business, and then joined his father. And so the father is a partner in this too. And Luke comes in and does a lot of the operations work. And what I find fascinating about them is that they are dog lovers. And and 
so they have, um, which I think most people in the Twin Cities right. seem to be. So they have patios where you can not only bring your dog, but you can order a meal for the dog. <laughs> that's specially dog related, oh, and I think so that's great. they uh, they have that fun thing going for them. And they also have a speakeasy, which is like going back into prohibition um, above Stanley's in Northeast. Um, so they they just have a lot of personality in their restaurants and sound like characters. They with are. Style. They, they do a really good job. And then we have Patty with Yum, who is, I think she was one of the first that took that fast, casual approach where you mm-hmm. order at the at the counter and made it seem very upscale. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the pastries, the food, everything. All the food is excellent. She's done. And she's got two locations. So that's a little bit of balancing right there, too. St. Louis Park. And where's the other? The other one, I would have to look, but okay. I believe that... Um, Putting you on the spot. Yeah, there. I I'm know. Sorry. You would think I would know. That's okay. We Minnetonka. Oh, Minnetonka. Okay, cool. So our next category: outstanding restaurant. And this is the criteria for this is a, a restaurant that continually hits on all cylinders with creative and exceptional food, atmosphere, and service. So we've got Colita, and we've got Popolvu. And tenant. So tell us about each one of those. This is, well, all the categories are pretty hard, but this one especially is hard because there's a lot of really great restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I think we, even though we said that we wanted them to have been around for five years, I think we ended up taking that out because so many new ones are coming on and just coming on very strong and, and getting a strong following right away. And these are three restaurants that are not brand new, but they're still fairly new, and uh, Kalida is um, Daniel Del Prado's second restaurant, and it's the attention to detail that he has. Um, it's a cute location, and then you get these wonderful drinks from Marco Zappia. You've got his wonderful food, a lot of it made from scratch. People are going down, and they're and they're they're pickling things. They're grinding their own, um, you know, flour there and and corn for tortillas. So uh, there's a lot lot of attention to detail that that he's putting in that and you see the same thing at Pobol Vu which has a, a fun story which you'll have to read in in January behind the name as well it's kind and of a fairy could, tale you'll be able to read about these by going to online for the January issue at foodservicenews.net or you can sign up to be a subscriber right exactly uh it, I'm just putting my two cents worth in because I am looking forward to January. And, and <laughs> so he's got sort of a magical, uh, how the name is sort of a magical. Right, right yeah. All right, so it's a first-time restaurateur, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of experience in the business, which I think you're finding that to be pretty prevalent now. And they've just, they've got a fast casual side in Centro and then this formal dining in Popovu, and it's just a, a wonderful experience. Good um Deep flavors in the food, layered flavors, flavors, very good. And then Tenet is another interesting restaurant. It's um, owned by two chefs, and it, they took over the old Piccolo space, and they had worked there. And they have a different approach. It's kind of a almost like a subscription. So you go on online and you pay. Um, and reserve your spot and then if you you get uh, if you don't show up for your reservation then you have a fee that you that you pay 
Good which, idea. It is a very good idea because because they have limited seats and sure. they need to make sure that that people are showing up. You sit at a counter or there's a few tables back there, and the chefs cook and bring out and serve serve the food to you. And it's a prefix, you know, so uh-huh. you aren't ordering anything off a menu. You've got a, a a menu already decided for you. But the food is wonderful. The experience is wonderful. But I think in the article I say that they are the most modest, uh, reluctant um, chefs out there. They really don't like publicity. So I was actually kind of thrilled that they agreed to, <laughs> to send us some information, which I hope means they'll show up and be in the audience. But it's a it's a Wonderful, and I, I know I was trying to get a reservation. I think I had to wait like a month and a half before really? I could get in. So there, it's a very popular restaurant. So once you become a subscriber, then do you get updates and, and whatnot? Well, subscriber is probably the wrong word. Uh-huh. I think when I said that, what I meant is it's like um, pre-ordering something. Got it. Sorry. I got so it. So it's not really a membership, but you you put a little skin in the game. Sure, sure. You don't commit. You ask. They ask for commitment. Exactly. It's not just, this would be nice if you show up. You're committed to it. (laughs) Got it. So our next category is Outstanding Baker um, Backslash Pastry Chef. And this is for a working baker or pastry chef with at least five years of experience who is an artist when creating the staff of life or the masterpieces of dessert and morning pastries. Just your descriptions are delightful. <laughs> so tell us about our our outstanding baker and pastry chef uh, contestants. <laughs> and this is a, I guess I'm repeating myself a lot by saying it's tough, but uh, mm-hmm. this category, especially if you like sweets as much as I do, it's a really tough one to narrow down. Because I think um, baked goods have been elevated. I mean, it's no longer just the piece of pie at the end of, of dinner mm-hmm. or, you know, a morning Christmas. I mean, these are works of art. Culinary they're, art. Yeah, Absolutely. they're beautiful. They taste great. And so, again, tough to decide. So we have Katie Elzing of the Lynn Hall. And um, that is kind of on my way. So I end up eating a lot of her pastries. <laughs> and, and again, they in the, in the case, they are so beautiful to look at. You almost feel like you, you shouldn't. But they are too good to pass up. And she's fun. She's a fun person. Very creative. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing her there. We have somebody that is new. And his name, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, is Mark Hugh. Do you think that's right? I think that's how I would have pronounced it. And he does Patisserie Paris? Yes. And he is from France. And so um, that is one place I've had on my list. I haven't had a chance to to do that. But looking at his promotional materials, this stuff is beautiful. And I think, again, that is the stressing. It's the French. It's very uh, traditional. Again, wonderful pastries. Mm. Um, and that is in St. Paul. I remember when I went to Paris and I tasted bread in Paris, it was like, I am spoiled now. Bread will never, I will never be able to appreciate bread unless it tastes like the bread from Paris. So I'm going to have to go <laughs> and see if he captures the Parisian bread. That's right. Well, and I think a lot of times we don't realize this, that um, other places don't use as much sugar. Mm-hmm. And so you would assume that they aren't as sweet, but they're using other flavors and enhancements and naturalness that you really get to taste the, the flour. Yes. You know, the, you, and, it, you, it tasted like bread for the first time, and it yeah. sounded silly, but like, oh, this is what bread should taste like. <laughs> and then our third one is Steve Horton, and he founded Rustica Bakery. And what I find interesting about him, now he's got another chapter in his story, and he is at Baker's Field, which is at the Food Hall in northeast Minneapolis. 
and doing really innovative things over there. He's grinding flour. He's using, um, I almost said hysterical, but it's historical grains uh-huh. and things that have been um, around and not tampered with. And I think a lot of times the, the bread that we get in stores has so many preservatives and has been handled so many different ways that we don't really appreciate how wonderful it is to go back to these naturalness of, of, um, of grains that haven't been um, tampered with. So he's, he's kind of more on our baker side. The other two are more on our pastry chef side. And with that, we're going to have to wait till next segment to hear about the outstanding chef, a rising star, and some other outstanding folks in the food service restaurant uh, business. So stay with us. Um, I'm sure you're learning just as I am about some cool places that you're putting on your holiday list or maybe New Year list of things to do and places to go and things to taste. So stay with us here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota on Connections Radio Show. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the Eastside their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. Hackers, ransomware, security breaches. As I speak, cybercriminals are stepping up their attacks on businesses like yours. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld of Rymark. Rymark has the expertise and experience necessary to navigate your company to safe water. We launch our process with a network security assessment. We'll uncover the hidden threats to your business and provide you with a map to peace of mind. And it's free. Call 651-328-8900 or go to rymarkit.com to schedule your free security assessment today. Hello, my name is Michael Dardis. I want to share with you the excitement I'm receiving from the readers of my novel, The Dark Side of the Sun. It's been described as an action-packed crossword puzzle that eventually comes together, revealing a real mystery that could have changed the course of World War II. The novel is a work of historical fiction covering 40 years of struggles by six families across parts of five continents. They are ordinary people in extraordinary times. It is about relationships. They make difficult decisions to survive and maintain their love for each other and their country. You can follow the continuing story at michaeldartis.com. The novels received many five-star reviews from Goodreads and Amazon. 
The Dark Side of the Sun can be purchased at michaeldartis.com, Amazon, and you can buy an autographed copy through itaskofbooks.com. It is an outstanding holiday gift. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny with a high of 41, and tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 29. Sunday, sunny with a high of 43 and a low of 29. Monday, cloudy with a high of 38 and a low of 29, while Tuesday will be cloudy with a high of 37 and a low around 27. Remember to shop local with one of AM950's advertisers for the holidays, featuring everything from wellness, restaurants, and much more. It's a great way to support not only AM950, but the local businesses and shops. For a full list of advertisers, go to am950radio.com. radio show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and today we're talking about the Charlies. You don't know what the Charlies are? Well, you can check it out on Food Service News. It's sort of our version of the Academy Awards for the restaurant industry here in the Twin Cities. It's been going on for 10 years, and Nancy Weingartner-Monroe, who is not only the editor of Food Service News, does a wonderful job pulling the Charlies together. Welcome. We're so glad you're here, Nancy. Thank you. So we've been talking about all the cool lists that you've put together uh, for the Charlies. It has come out. And folks, if you're interested in seeing all the folks that have been nominated, you can go to foodservicenews.net. And when you go there, um, just hit the Charlies. It shows where it's 2020, the nominees. So take a look at all the folks who've been nominated. And I promised in the last segment that we would hear about the outstanding chefs that have been nominated. And these are working chefs with at least five years in the industry who show consistency, relevancy, creativity, and isn't just resting on his or her laurels. So my guess is they're doing some innovation. Exactly. This is a tough category because every chef in town is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And and then we also get a lot of kind of pushback on, well, shouldn't Gavin Kaysen win every year or Jamie mm-hmm. Malone or sure. Justin Sutherland? But the point is what we're looking for are some of the chefs that are kind of doing something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them, Jack uh, Rival, has opened a new restaurant in the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport. So he's been around and mentoring quite a few people and so he's and got, most known for the Lexington, right? Yes, exactly. Right. And so uh, this is kind of his moment to shine. Same thing with Remy Pettis, who has, uh, when you see the bio that he um, has, you can see that he's been in a lot of the top restaurants around town. And now he has gone out on his own and opened Bardo in Northeast. Actually, Northeast Minneapolis seems to be... It's um, the food center. Yeah, it seems to be holding on to a lot of our winners. But he's got... Um, Again, a very in, inventive uh, style of, of cooking and uh, lovely space, which um, is something worth seeing. And then we have Via Vang, who is um, who's born in a refugees camp in Thailand. And he is doing a um, kind of a video podcast uh, talking to different people. And what I, I find really special about him is that he is really focused on his his roots and his ancestors and cooking and it's a style, you know, among uh, uh, relationship. It's not just about food, it's about people. And mm-hmm. so he's uh, a very strong candidate, too. a spiritual too. quality that way. Yeah, and yeah. I, it's a little bit like his moment in the sun now, too. Yeah. He's, he's um, some pl- somebody that you see a lot in the news. And another category that I'm interested in is the community hero. 
And for Community Heroes, this is he or she who uses their skills and platform to better the community, either through charitable acts or mentorship. I love this category because this is one thing about the food service community that I love is that they are so generous with their time and their resources. And we've gotten a couple of new people in, and one of them is Emily Hunt-Turner, who's actually a civil rights attorney. Oh. And she started All Square, which is a nonprofit that is a, a gourmet che- uh, toasted cheese sandwich um, restaurant, but then the she hires a lot of... Um, and I always want to make sure I get this right. I want to say not uh, former felons, but I think there's actually... A, Sometimes they're called fair chance or second yeah, chance. Yeah, or formerly incarcerated individuals, yeah. I think, yeah. is another way of saying it. And she's helping them get back on their feet. Because as we all know, when you come out of, of prison, a lot of times there aren't a lot of opportunities. And this is teaching you not only a skill. She said she doesn't want them all to go out and be cooks. But she wants them to have that experience of, of working with other people. And build their resume. Exactly. And then they also have some training and um, counseling that they do. Get a reference, be able to have someone say, I've worked with this person. Oh, I think that's wonderful. So I I love that that thing. And then Kathy Mays uh, is helping to alleviate hunger. And alleviating hunger is a really big thing in the Twin Cities. We've got a number of different organizations that work on this one. She is with Loaves and Fishes, and they are doing some really great work. And she's kind of was challenged to be innovative about the way she goes about doing this and sometimes when you have a lot of people in the same space it's tough because you're doing the same ask for everybody and so her work has been really um, something to be proud of and something to look forward to and then we have Jackie Berglund of um, Finnegan's and 100% of their profits go back into the same thing of hunger and fresh fruit and vegetables and they've built this wonderful beautiful brew house in Mm -hmm. um, downtown Minneapolis. In fact, we had the Charlie's kickoff there. And it's just a warm story about what they do for people. And um, I I love the fact that she's thinking of this not as as another brewery, but as a way of, of social change. And I didn't realize this until I read her bio that her company is second only to Paul Newman's um, oh Newman Ohms as sure. far as the amount of money that they give back um, to the community in this particular um, uh, category. Oh. So, three really worthy people can be a tough choice, and all uh, good places to to visit and support. Exactly. So, hidden gem. Hidden Gem is a fun category. It's an out-of-the-box restaurant, food truck, or catering service that often flies under the radar of the mainstream media, but is a favorite with the neighborhood or foodie fans. This was by far the most popular category as far <laughs> as voting. We had so much, um, uh, so many people, so many different things. A lot of times in the beginning, we kind of thought of it as being kind of um, a lot of ethnic restaurants mm-hmm. f- uh, fell into this category. And then we thought, you know, that's not really fair because um, they should be in the best restaurant. It's not a separate category. So this year we've got a little bit of um, a little bit more variety in it, and three really great ones: Erte in the Peacock Lounge, it, again is right next to um, 
a theater and in Northeast Minneapolis. Did you do an article on them? I did, I yeah. I read that article and was absolutely fascinated. So a new young couple has taken over this family business and um, continuing some of the traditions and then adding their own twist to it. And I think they'll do a little bit more. There's jazz on the weekend and um, they're close to the Ritz Theater and La-di-da. Uh, so they get that kind of a, a vibe of being in the arts district. Mama's Pizza was really a popular one. And um, I know that uh, Steve Hamburger, who is our graphic artist, is a huge fan. And he introduced us to to this. And they are like two meals in, <laughs> in one. It's wonderful old-fashioned Italian food covered in ch- cheese. And when you take your leftovers home, they have a little bit of sauce on the bottom. So it's a, it's a really fabulous restaurant. And Victor's 1959 Cafe, again, is a... a ethnic restaurant with a lot of heart and and you're in cuba you are it's throws you back and i i love the graffiti the graffiti is everywhere and it's so much fun to see and it actually comes an art um, and the food is excellent yeah and when you go there on saturdays you don't mind the wait you you can all just kind of go in there it's a nice cozy place and the food is just out of this world another small place which mm-hmm. is interesting because mm-hmm. um some of these are uh, like urtes of a larger space mamas and uh, victors are a small space so you do have to to wait a little bit to to get into those and then when the weather turns wonderful we've got that patio that you can sit out on and really do feel like you're in cuba with the flowers and atmosphere well, this is a great group. Not only this is terrific for folks to know and think about going to the restaurant, but also to think about being part of the Charlies. And if you'd like to attend and see the the nominees uh, figure out, uh, it's announced who wins in each category. It is great fun. I have been, and I absolutely adore it. You can go to foodservicenews.net, and you can buy your ticket through there. Right, Nancy? You can. And also, I should probably mention that in addition to the ceremony itself, we go next door after that's over. It's a very short ceremony and and show. And uh, Seven Steakhouse is is wonderful because they're they're allowing us just to take over the restaurant so we have the whole upstairs and that is part of your $30 ticket so uh, there's food. can't go wrong can't we have go wrong. pro start students that are cooking St. Paul College students are cooking the restaurant always has one cookie cart so it's, it's a lot of really great food and uh, who can really resist going to seven? Absolutely. And in our next segment, we'll be talking about some other fun trends in the Twin Cities and things that that Nancy can share with us about what we could know about what's going on right here in the Twin Cities with our restaurants and all the cool things that are happening. So stay with us here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, here on Connections Radio Show. Do you love those BBC classics on public television? Or do they make you yawn? Either way, Park Square Theater's knockout production of Pride and Prejudice is for you. Filled with heart and affection for the original, this saucy, spunky adaptation is Jane Austen for today. Gather your family for holiday fun and merriment. Warning, Pride and Prejudice contains witty banter, teenage giddiness, dance breaks, and true love. Pride and Prejudice is on stage at Park Square Theater through December 22nd. Tickets available at parksquaretheater.org. 
Northeast Minneapolis is known for its creativity and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. Writing a book is like diving into deep, uncharted waters. That's why you need immersion editing. I'm Angela Weekman of amwediting.com. After 20 years of experience, I believe editing should be meaningful and empowering. So let's get started with an immersion assessment. We'll immerse in a portion of your manuscript to determine your next steps. Visit amwediting.com for more details. Let's go deeper. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the Eastside's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Promoting happiness through health and helping out. That's Cocoa Bean Nut Grain-Free Granola. Cocoa Bean Nut is a locally made gluten-free grain-free granola that anyone can incorporate into their day, be it breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a snack. Our hearty blend of nuts and seeds mixed with honey, coconut oil, and healthy spices will make your taste buds tap dance and your heart will be happy knowing you've helped someone out. Yes, Cocoa Bean Nut donates 10% of all sales to charity. For more information or to buy, visit CocoBeanNut.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we've been talking about food. And we're still talking about food. And I have a wonderful guest from Food Service News who's been sharing with us about the Charlies, which is the Academy Awards of Foods. And if you want to learn more about the Charlies and who got nominated, you can go to foodservicenews.net. Click on the 2020 nominees and see all the great folks in our Twin Cities area that are up for awards. But in this segment, we're going to step back and we're going to do a little nostalgia. You know, coming up on New Year's is sort of the old lang syne. And so I think this is a nice time for us to talk about, you know, what are the ones, the, the restaurants that we're saying goodbye to and new ones popping up? So there's some iconic restaurants that we're losing. And I'd love to have you share your thoughts about some of those restaurants and what we can expect in the future with the new ones popping up. Well, I think with restaurants, it's always kind of an ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. And it's always sad to say goodbye to restaurants that you really care. They become like old friends. They do. And I think they're your to-go places. Yes. And so I think a lot of times we all rush out to what's new. Mm -hmm. But then I think um, we also tend to go back to our favorites where you really feel comfortable. You know what you're going to get. And maybe you order the same thing or maybe you try something new. But one of the uh, more notable restaurants, 
restaurants closing is um, the one Spoon River, yeah. which um, Brenda has been this fixture in our town, and I think it's uh, people are sad, but it's actually going to continue on the farmers market that she was such a part of, and the the farmers. I don't know if it's the farmers union, but um, along with um, see, I should have written all this down. That's all right, but I remember <laughs> with, reading with, about that yeah, when you with, were yeah that this that the new uh, I think group, it's Birchwood that yeah, is that coming. Are taking over, but it's all going to be farm-to-fork style food, which is you which know, is still, what she really exactly. pioneered. So, so it's interesting. Some go out and some come in, and so I I think what we're seeing um, with restaurants now. So we have a lot of food on delivery too. So a as lot restaurants are closing. We've got ghost kitchens popping up. We have food halls, which is another really big trend. The the North Loop has two of them, which is so. Tell our listening audience who may not know what a food hall is. Well, a food hall is kind of an upscale food court. So they started out fancier than what you'd see exactly. at like a mall. Started out in malls, but now they're breaking out and having in you know independent ones so they'll might be the the first floor of retail for an apartment building uh, or they might be their own building and they have several different concepts inside so you can go to one place and you can order sushi you can order African food you can order whatever you you are hankering at that particular time and then there's a big common bar so the bars are usually the owners mm-hmm. of the of the concept and they manage that and you might buy soft drinks so there's um the galley which just opened on washington avenue in the nordic building which actually is uh, a building that popped up in the parking lot for next to Freehouse, uh-huh. and north loop needs parking so that was kind of sad but this is a nice uh a nice thing that they're putting in there. And it has four concepts, and it's kind of an in, uh, an incubator. So mm-hmm. the concepts are new, and they have a chance to kind of blossom with some help from the galley staff. Which makes so much sense. It's tough to open a restaurant. You can be starry-eyed about starting a restaurant, but you really need some guidance because there's some yeah. business skills you need to have in being able to be successful. Exactly, and I think that's what we were talking about a little bit with the Charlies is it's mm-hmm. not enough just to have good food. You have mm-hmm. to have really good good practices also to to do that and retail popping up inside restaurants or together with restaurants is the other thing and north loop is very um good about that too so in the area and i happen to live in north loop so it's i i love going out and exploring all this but you'll have retail which will be a little bit different than than you would find well you're normally. talking about restoration uh- yeah, Restoration Hardware, which is in Edina, it popped up in the Southdale Mall's parking lot. And it is two floors of, of their wonderful furniture. They're very neutral, upscale furniture. Mm-hmm. And you climb up to the third floor, and there is a restaurant to die for. Isn't that wild? It's got huge chandeliers. It catches the sun because it's got a glass roof. It's got patios that are on either side. Well, actually, I guess they're decks when they're up that high. But it's very high-scale food, upscale, and in a wonderful atmosphere. Um, again, very upscale. Well, I think it ties in with some interesting trends. You've got the trend of folks wanting food delivered, and you love the good food, so you get it delivered. But if they go out, 
they want to have an experience. They want exactly. They want the fun of a restaurant, but they also have a lot of to-do lists. <laughs> so combining the retail, I think, is fascinating. I mean, my first thought when you were saying combining retail is like, well, there's always been, you know, the Macy's and the Bloomingdale's that have. But you're talking about something a little different when, when it comes to these retail. Yeah, these are more boutique-type stores mm-hmm. and independents. And so I think uh, probably the millennials are driving this. They mm-hmm. seem to be driving a lot of our trends. And I think, again, it it's that um, it's just a different feeling. It's not like going to Macy's and having lunch. It's, it's, it's walking. It's entrepreneurial yeah, almost. That yeah. they've, they've got a niche style of this is the retail. And I think yeah. it sounds fascinating. Going into different doors. And even in something like a Hy-Vee now, they have a, a full sit-down restaurant. And they're finding that people like to come out. And, and have a drink. They have, I think it's something like 32 beers on tap. Now, who would have ever whiskey? thought that you could go in and have a whiskey at a grocery store? <laughs> I mean, uh, but, you know, why not? Have your whiskey sour and then, you know, exactly go grocery shopping. You might be, it, make the grocery shopping experience even more fun. <laughs> exactly. And they're set up also then if you want to have fast casual and just, you know, grab something to go home or there's another little dining room where you can eat. So I think all of this uh, food integration. service. Yeah. Real integration. It's, it's, it's just getting very, very innovative, and it's fun to watch. Well, you've seen a lot of changes and trends and whatnot over these last 20 years here in the Twin Cities, and you've really seen it you know, be a shooting star to become one of the top food cities of the, both the Twin Cities, both St. Paul and Minneapolis, being featured. You were thinking we might be up in at least the top five. I'm sure that we must be, and I know that national magazines are starting to follow us and call out some of our chefs and some of our trends, and we've had some that have made the cover of like Food & Wine magazine or... So I, I think that's a really good trend when people outside your area start to notice you. And I think that's uh, that chef-owned restaurant is, is a lot of people's dreams. Not everybody is cut out for that. Not everybody wants it. But it seems to be, in, in the last few years, a, a huge trend of people opening their own restaurant. And what I'd like to advocate for here in the holiday seasons is have some experiences with your family. We can get so busy and getting wrapped up in wrapping and doing this and that that we don't have that time to just sit and relax and enjoy each other. So think about taking your family out to a restaurant and build some memories that way. And there's some great restaurants to consider by going to foodservicenews.net and check out the nominees. My guess is you'll find a great restaurant to celebrate the holidays. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Thank you, Nancy. We're so glad that you were here to tell us about the Charlies and about Food Service News, which you can get to at foodservicenews.net. Due to unprecedented corporate media consolidation, roughly six corporations now dominate the media. For democracy to work, people need easy access to independent and diverse sources of news and information. I'm Amy Goodman. Join me and Juan Gonzalez as we speak with international journalists, grassroots leaders, peace activists, artists, academics, and independent analysts. Democracy Now! offers real, independent news and analysis. Catch Democracy Now! every weekday at 2 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
Victor's 1959 Cafe in South Minneapolis is a locally owned and operated restaurant offering traditional Cuban food. Open for breakfast and lunch daily with dinner Tuesday through Saturday. For night shift workers, Victor's even has both a morning and evening happy hour. And Victor's now accepts dinner reservations too. Stop in and try some delicious authentic Cuban cuisine like ropa vieja and seafood paella. Make your reservation and learn more at victors1959cafe.com. Victor's 1959 Cafe, revolutionary Cuban cooking.